0: Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly opportunity to field your questions. Questions come to radioprogram at AOL.com. We call this Q&A with Layla because I co-host this with Layla Muden, who's our nutritionist in residence. And before we get to... There was a question on um, the latest... Mm-hmm. You know, this is one of these ping-pong things, you know, coffee good, coffee bad, coffee good, coffee oh, bad. That. Uh And, you know... <laughs> and uh, it, it, there's so many nutritional controversies. Yes. And then uh, one of the big ones is, uh, is alcohol uh, good for you or is it bad for you? Right. Uh, first it was bad, then it was good. Surprise, surprise. Drinking is good. And then and it then was like, is bad. no, drinking is bad. Yes. So the latest in uh, JAMA, the yes. American Medical Association, yes. is that uh, the consensus is that it's bad for your heart. But uh, before we get to that, just... Uh, I just mm-hmm. want to read a couple of comments here. Um, Sharon writes, uh, "I just wanted to thank you for your last podcast. That was the podcast we did with uh, Dr. Tanya Dempsey on uh, histamine and mast cell."
1: Oh yeah, from uh, I, IHS from that presentation.
0: Yeah, the, that's where I, I saw her, and you know, yes. I, I actually had been interviewed her before. But I, at IHS at the Inter- Integrative Health Symposium, I said, "Hey, we'll come on the program again because your talk was so brilliant." Mm-hmm. And then she did a really nice podcast with us about uh, uh, MCAS, Mass Cell Activation Syndrome, and, you know, how complex it is. Uh, I just want to thank you for your last podcast regarding histamine and mass cell hit home. I learned so much and realized I was taking quercetin, which helped. Oh. Uh, but uh, according to, there was kind of a nuanced thing because uh, she says that high-dose quercetin can sometimes create some anxiety. Mm. Uh, in patients who have a certain genetic polymorphism,
1: that's interesting. Yeah. I never heard that. That's yeah, interesting. Was,
0: they have okay. uh, a, a genetic polymorphism which um, makes them have a uh, sometimes an anxiety reaction with lots of B vitamins and it apparently. And I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's kind of a little. Uh, the
1: methylated B vitamins may cause in some people anxiety mm-hmm. or irritability or even. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. But she says, I, n- I never, she says, I
0: never put it together. So, thank to you, thanks to you and your amazing podcast. So, so gratifying to hear. Yeah. Um, then, oh, this one is kind of long. Um, as a patient with Crohn's disease, I have been fortunate to have had some wonderful, caring doctors, etc., etc. Uh, this person is wondering. um about uh, magnesium, mm. and
1: got to be careful with magnesium in
0: in a patient with Crohn's disease. So, yeah. what say you about? I mean, I'm trying to boil down the question. Uh, oh, by the way, that <laughs> she says the the probably the most important and best piece of advice was provided by Dr. Ronald Hoffman for. Uh, omega-3 fish oil. Mm-hmm. Um, if I really get into trouble with my Crohn's disease, I lay off the magazine and take a lot of fish oil. So the fish oil with an anti-inflammatory effect.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and in this case, she wants an enteric-coated fish oil. Yes. Which um, uh, Vital Nutrients, our mm-hmm. new uh, partner on, on the fish oil front, they offer an enteric-coated fish oil, which Terrific. is particularly good for patients who have uh, problems in the lower intestine Mm -hmm. because you want the fish Mm -hmm. oil to not be absorbed before it gets to the lower intestine. You want it to open in the intestine and sort of bathe the intestine with the fish oil because that is Mm -hmm. anti-inflammatory. But what about magnesium for patients with Crohn's disease? I mean, any patient with diarrhea, they're going to have magnesium deficiency, right?
1: That's true, but it's a little bit of a double-edged sword because taking the magnesium has a natural stool softening effect which can cause more... Bowel movements. So, So what's it's the problem. best
0: tolerated magnesium? Would you say it would
1: be magnesium malate. Malate,
0: yeah, like you think? Okay. Malate
1: would probably and be. Not it.
0: Glycinate, do you think?
1: Glycinate would be a runner up. Okay. So, malate, it, I think it would be malate first, mm-hmm. then glycinate. We don't want citrate.
0: Definitely not, because yeah. that's, that's what we give yeah. to constipated patients. Exactly. Right.
1: So, it's a little bit tough. I wonder if they wouldn't be better off not taking it orally, but taking it in like a Myers cocktail, you know, some okay. kind of a mm-hmm. an Ivy push or something like that. Or even um a magnesium, an Epsom salt bath. But some people do claim that they have more frequent bowel movements with an Epsom salt bath. Really? So it might be something. Whoa. But I would say more of I would still say a topical. Even a topical magnesium. There, there is a
0: claim that transdermal magnesium works, and I've seen some studies which claim to show that it raises blood levels of magnesium. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure how well magnesium penetrates the skin, you know, through especially some of these vitamins that are skin patch vitamins. I'm not mm-hmm. a big believer in those.
1: Yeah, but you know, you have to exactly because you you don't know how much a, you're it's getting. It's
0: a gimmick. It's this, a gimmick. All
1: right. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing i supposed to get hormones from a patch.
0: Oh, that will work very well through the skin. Yeah. Uh, but
1: We absorb a lot through the skin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great gateway for anything, including toxins. Fentanyl patches. Yes, fentanyl for pain. patches. You have
0: to apply you, it to the skin.
1: The aluminum in your antiperspirant, that's a great way to get aluminum. Don't be afraid of your aluminum pots and pans. Be afraid of the aluminum in your antiperspirant yeah. or any aluminum you're taking in any kind of a digestive aid. Or yeah, something.
0: like uh, Mylanta or something. Yes, yes, you know?
1: yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly, so.
0: Anyway. Yeah. so uh, All right, so just a couple of questions that came through a different channel. Yeah. Um, what have you in the mailbox? Yeah. So, yeah let's, let's talk about the alcohol thing. Let's talk thing. about
1: this one. Tal uh, sent us an uh, article, Association of Habitual Alcohol Intake with Risk of Cardiovascular Disease. And what they really did, this, it's really not saying much except that what we already know to be true, and it was a cohort study that adjusted for coincident favorable lifestyle factors, attenuated the observational benefits of modest alcohol intake, but alcohol consumption of all amounts was associated with increased cardiovascular risk. So, Let's go down the list of how alcohol does that. Well, let's...
0: Talk, but yeah. also, when they use the rubric cardiovascular risk... Yeah. Uh, you know, many kinds of cardiovascular problems. Cardiovascular mm-hmm. is not just the heart. It also includes stroke. Yes. And it includes cardiac arrhythmias, but it also includes heart attacks. Yes. And anything that might prompt someone to get a bypass or a stent. Sure. Uh, and so, uh, those are different manifestations of cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. And so did they break it out in the study? Do you recall? Not necessarily. Because I think if you break it out, I think there's probably some favorable impact on heart attacks. Yeah. Uh, But there probably is an adverse, certainly an adverse effect on arrhythmias. Yes. Especially atrial fibrillation. Absolutely. And there is definitely almost... Uh, no benefit and probably even small amounts of alcohol somewhat increase the risk of stroke.
1: Absolutely. Uh, like a hemorrhagic stroke, maybe. Alcohol, frequent or regular alcohol use, definitely raises blood pressure. Okay. That's a risk factor mm-hmm. for cardiovascular disease. Right.
0: Or, so, I mean, it used to be like you go to a cardiologist, cardiologist and say, what do I do? You know, take an aspirin and drink, uh, you know, two glasses of red wine every night.
1: That's you know, a lot of red wine. And depending on the poor yeah, <laughs> But apparently the medicinal dose is supposed to be about three and a half ounces, three days a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, count seven tablespoons of red wine, a nice dry red wine, like a Cannonau or some Sardinian something. Seven tablespoons of red wine into your glass.
0: Right. That's it. And the, the benefits are partly due to the polyphenols like resveratrol, but may also be due to the somewhat slightly blood-thinning effects of alcohol itself. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's a little bit of a, like a, you know, mm-hmm. dietary aspirin. And
1: we're not necessarily just talking about wine either. We're talking about any kind of alcohol. It could be vodka. It could be tequila. It could be any of that.
0: Yeah. So... Which has no polyphenols. Right, right, right.
1: Like, alcohol, regular use of alcohol is also a neurotoxin. Mm-hmm. It's not great for the brain. It impacts your sleep. It robs sleep, mm-hmm. which then will cause cortisol levels to go up, right. which is a very important stress hormone. That can also raise blood pressure.
0: But you, bottom line, I mean, I think uh, alcohol is such an important part of culture and yes. our social being mm-hmm. that I don't think the study really speaks too much to the question of whether you should drink or not. I mean, I personally find that my desire to drink is less and less and less as I get older. Me too. But I'm not a, you know, I, I'm not a, a, you know, adamant teetotaler.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: because You know, uh, you know, like a Passover, you know, I had <laughs> I had some wine. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. you actually have yeah. you're supposed to drink wine, although I guess if you're uh, a kid you know you drink some of that really syrupy grape juice yes oh that, yes. that flavor is with me indelibly from my childhood <laughs> of the Kedam right, right, grape right, juice right, right, right. it's like syrup you know yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh but you know yeah it, so i think uh there are benefits to drinking mm-hmm. alcohol for some people it's it it relaxes them. It's part of the it's social, a social ritual. social lubricant. Yeah, social lubricant. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It is, you know. Yeah. So, it's... A, and by the way, these. it's not like, you know, dr- you drink a little and you're going to die. No. And, you know, and if you don't, you'll live to be 105. You know?
1: Right, right, right. Well, there are some people who will drink a little and get behind the wheel of a car and die. Mm-hmm. You know, there is that... But again, it's a neurotoxin. It causes more falls, more accidents. Yeah. More... You know changes in personality and mm-hmm. reaction and yeah. violent outbursts and d- in inhibition disinhibition. inhibition right. thank you right in all of that so that's a problem mm-hmm. that's a problem but definitely and, then, what and you there's said, some people Arithneia, where it's an
0: all or nothing thing sure. they cannot handle it at all That's true they cannot moderate
1: yeah uh, it's flipping a switch yeah. for many people it's it's either zero mm-hmm. or binge mm-hmm. and that's a problem.
0: Yeah. That's a big problem. And, you know, not to mention yeah. the adverse effects on brain of, you know, binge drinking. Yeah. Uh, it really, you know, this old expression that we used to say in college, you know, we'd wake up after a night of debauchery and we'd say, hmm, I wonder how many brain cells I killed last night. Right. You know, there's just something to that. There,
1: there is something, something to, to that. that, you know. Yeah. Uh, Except that we know now that the brain regenerates. Yeah, the brain regenerates. Right, right. But hey, Thank don't goodness. count on that. All- right. Thank goodness. Exactly, yeah. right. right? How many right. people are going to walk around demented? Right. From alcohol
0: indeed. I mean, especially this uh, up and coming uh, yeah. the Gen Z folks, you know, and especially the girls. There's a girl who maybe have less of a hepatic capacity to clear the alcohol. You know,
1: exactly. Girls you know. make less alcohol dehydrogenase,
0: and they have estrogen that competes with the detoxification mm. of alcohol. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Stuff. Um, yeah. Don't ever give a date uh, that you're on uh, who has PMS uh, a lot of alcohol because it's a mess. Because <laughs> it's 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 a it's not a good combo. Very oh, volatile.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay,
0: so that's a good point. Which is to mm-hmm. pause before we get into too much trouble, uh, <laughs> and allow one of our sponsors to share this message with you. So here goes. Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals combines the four most powerful of these plant-based foods, black garlic black radish root, black peppercorn, and black cumin seed. It's an all-natural daily preventative against a host of possibly inflammatory issues. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, circulation, and immunity. It's a delicious-tasting supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuturefarm.com. T-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. And while supplies last, buy two bottles of Black for Health and get two bottles of wild oil of oregano free. That's a $55 value just for listening to Intelligent Medicine, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. Of course, they are what underwrite this podcast and we're grateful for their participation and we use their products. Mm-hmm. We actually
1: mm-hmm.
0: really do. Uh,
1: this comes from Danny. If one is taking vitamin C throughout the day, is a collagen supplement for the skin superfluous? That's interesting because vitamin C is helpful, is beneficial for collagen. For the synthesis of collagen. For the synthesis of proline, hydroxyproline.
0: Mm-hmm. And interestingly, mm-hmm. uh, in scurvy, you know, what are the signs of scurvy? Uh, one has poor wound healing, and one ultimately gets bleeding gums. Yes. Which suggests a breakdown in the repair capacity uh, and regenerative capacity mm-hmm. of this fast regenerating tissue in the mouth. Yeah. I mean, the mouth turns over very quickly. So, I mean, sometimes, you know, you bite your cheek and you go, oh, wow, that's going to hurt for a week. And it's like, no, the next day it's yeah. it heals so fast. Yeah because there's a very rapid regeneration in the mouth, Mm -hmm. Uh, lack of vitamin C, and you get really poor healing in the mouth, and you get uh, uh, skin sores sometimes. That's true. But also um, wound healing is impaired. It is. So, you know, we have these patients, these uh, elderly patients sometimes with diabetes, and they have, like, these ulcers, because Mm -hmm. diabetes, often you get, you know, ulcerations of the foot and the leg, and Mm -hmm. there's... So much higher requirement for vitamin C. I think they did a study of uh, uh, patients with diabetic foot ulcers, uh, and they found that they actually had what could be uh, diagnosed as modern scurvy.
1: Yeah. You, well, you know what's kind of happening there, and I wonder if this is the mechanism of action. Glucose and vitamin C compete. Yes. They're antagonistic. Yes. So with all that high blood sugar, as is the hallmark of diabetes, yep. where's there room for the vitamin C? Right so vitamin c may be beneficial or they they need more vitamin c add insult to injury be a diabetic smoker okay talk about wiping out vitamin mm, yeah, c yeah. they need loads of it and i remember back being a hospital dietitian anybody with a skin issue in the hospital mm-hmm. uh ulcers uh bed sores right yeah we needed always some vitamin c and zinc that oh. combo
0: Okay. So there was well, already nutritional we, awareness of Yeah, that. that's There was good. already that's that. Good. It was
1: yeah. one of the first things we did is hospitalization. Oh look, bed sores. Oh. Yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. I remember actually one woman, uh, she had a crater in her back so big you could stick your head in there. That was really Yeah. Really something. And that's from being bedridden for it's such just, a long period. It's a hallmark of,
0: of unfortunately poor care too. That's because true. they you know, really with those kind of patients you wanna be Really eagle eye for the early signs of a poorly healing ulcer and administer the right treatment and turning mm-hmm. and so on and so on but many of these patients they just have to they're lying there inert and they need to be uh, turned True. by good good caregivers True. who are often overextended you know yeah. and can't administer the right care
1: so collagen supplements they're all the rage yeah and uh I remind people that you don't have to get that collagen powder that's flavored with chocolate or vanilla or do whatever <laughs> i mean you can but you're also getting collagen if you eat the skin on that chicken breast if you like the skin i do
0: oh, you know good, i even good, like good. the
1: skin on the thigh heart
0: association says take the skin off
1: <gasps> i know i yeah. know, I know. <laughs> and you know what gets me is every time i go to buy a chicken i get this organic chicken but they keep taking the skin off yeah, yeah. so i stop buying that organic chicken and i have to go get some something different Anyway, a, a good collagen source of, is making your own super stew, broth, right. all of that. Yeah,
0: when you get a chicken, get just the, throw it in a uh, crock pot and, you know, and, and uh, you know keep it for forty eight hours. Absolutely. Uh,
1: if you don't have a crock pot, do it on the stove top. It's on the stove just top top Simmer it on simmer. Simmer yeah. it a little bloop 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 for hours and yeah, hours yeah, yeah. and hours. Well, I
0: just did that actually. Yeah. It for, and then uh, what did I do? Oh yeah, you know, it was actually good. I made a good lunch because. Uh, you know, I just was down to the last of the chicken where I was like cutting it off the bone. Yeah. And I just didn't want to throw it away, but it was a little labor intensive getting a little, you know, bit of chicken meat off the, off the bone. Yeah. But I had some broth and then I threw that in, you know, with some uh, carrots and some onions. And, nice. uh, you know, just Soup. simmered it for a while. And I had like a lunch soup and it was very satisfying yeah. and very nutritious. I got my collagen, you there know. You, go. you get
1: your yeah. collagen that way. So
0: for uh, skin regeneration and for joints. Mm-hmm. So, um, But
1: vitamin C is important. So eat your chicken soup. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Eat the skin on that chicken. Uh, you know, definitely, uh, and take your vitamin C. I'll tell you, uh, if there's, I, when, sometimes when I run out of vitamins, I'm not that quick to reorder, but, I, I always make sure that I never run out of any vitamin C, because vitamin C is that important—not just for collagen, but also for endothelial function, function yes. inside the coronary arteries. It helps to keep arteries elastic. Mm-hmm. So it has to be, you know, part of the preventing heart disease uh, 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 list of things to take for good heart and blood vessel health. Also, even for people with high blood pressure. Or any hardening of the arteries and certainly people who smoke I can't believe people still smoke it causes hardening of the arteries so they need even more vitamin C but they're even calling atherosclerosis mm-hmm. a type of scurvy oh. maybe okay besides being something autoimmune which is very very interesting mm-hmm. but uh, that adding vitamin C may help with that like a low-level scurvy Mm -hmm. if you will, like having a low-grade fever all the time or something. But kind of a low-grade scurvy.
0: And in that formula for uh, atherosclerosis prevention, they also include proline, which is a building block for uh, proline and... uh,
1: Hydroxyproline conversion. That's what vitamin C
0: uh, assists with. Which is what you get from Mm -hmm. um, gelatin. It's mostly proline and hydroxyproline. It's just two amino acids. So if you think that's a protein powder... Watch no, out, because yeah. you will go into protein malnutrition, you know, mm-hmm. if you subsist on that. But it is actually a source of the building blocks for collagen. Just good old yeah. fashioned Nox gelatin purified.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, we do have another question, mm-hmm. uh, from Christine. What do you recommend for treatment of varicose veins? I saw a local doctor and he suggested sclerotherapy, where they inject the veins. But I don't Isn't like,
1: that where they inject saline? Or something? No,
0: it's, it, they, but she, she, she says, I don't like the thought of sodium tetradecal put into my veins. That's, what, it's, that's a sclerosing solution. Ah, okay. It, you know, so it just kind of kills off your superficial veins. It's more cosmetic than anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And are there any supplements you could recommend for reducing the size of them? I don't have any pain associated with them. I am a walker, so I'm hoping that helps the condition. I do wear compression stockings in the winter. Thanks for your help uh it's 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 genetic it's worsened by pregnancy yeah. uh it more common in women than in men but men get it too and there's two you know there are varicose veins that are like deep vein problems which compromise circulation and cause a lot of backup of blood because this is the return of blood to the yeah. heart um and then there's a superficial but like, kind of the spider veins that are yeah on site. and they can be injected or lasered now laser is by the way of dealing with it mm-hmm. um supplements for varicose veins well We've got basically the bioflavonoids.
1: Rudin, mm-hmm. um, yes.
0: Butcher's broom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the, um, what's it? What that? is it? Horse chestnut? Horse chestnut, yeah. Aeschylus, mm-hmm. it's called Aeschylus. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And there's uh,
1: something else that starts with a V, but I think it's the name of the supplement happening. Well,
0: you VinoCare what? is the Vino- supplement. Yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. VinoCare is the supplement. There's actually some good studies on horse chestnut for varicose veins and lower swelling, but very popular in Europe. Mm. Uh, and some studies equate it to uh the occlusive stockings, oh. compression stockings in terms of the effectiveness. And why is that? Uh bioflavonoids used to be referred to as substance P. P standed for permeability. What they do is they reduce capillary leakage, which yeah. allows fluid to go from the bloodstream into the tissue and just stay there stagnantly. They increase the integrity of the little <laughs> capillaries and venules, um, mm-hmm. which are uh, losing their capacity to uh, prevent fluid accumulation. Yeah. But it's also, I mean, the valves are also damaged and they allow backflow of blood while you're standing. Mm-hmm. So people with occupations like doormen or teachers who have to stand for long periods of time, yeah. they have a little more tendency towards varicose veins uh, occupationally. So, uh, yeah, those supplements, uh, there there is some benefit to those, you know, vino care type supplements yeah. that combine these ingredients. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there are a few good ones, and we recommend those to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, there you have it. Yeah. I'm trying to think Is there's anything else in our arsenal for veins pycnogenol oh pycnogenol, pycnogenol which is also in that yeah. it's a proanthocyanidin, uh, yeah. uh, you know grapeseed extract and or pycnogenol
1: okay
0: because um, they have something to do with uh, blood vessel integrity
1: yeah w- would, would ginkgo biloba be appropriate
0: ginkgo biloba is more of a circulatory enhancer mm-hmm. uh, more on the arterial side I think not on the mm-hmm. vein side in my opinion okay um, so yeah uh, yeah, kind of pretty much rounds it out. So, there you have it. Okay. Um,
1: We'd like to remind everybody to email your questions to radioprogram at AOL.com. we love to hear from you.
0: Yes, indeed. Thanks, Layla, for joining us, and thank you, listeners. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast.
1: This is Layla Mewden, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman, if you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.